This is the Working Class Audio Podcast, Special Edition 16. Working Class Audio. Navigating the world of freelance recording with a working class perspective. Here's your host, Matt Boudreaux. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Working Class Audio Podcast. This is Session 16, brought to you by our friends over at Gearsluts.com. This is a special edition midweek version of the Working Class Audio Podcast. We're breaking with tradition here, primarily because we want to bring attention to a Working Class Audio fan and friend, Jonas Strauss, and his studio, Shipwreck Studios, which unfortunately was uh, involved in a fire on March 21st. It was a three-alarm blaze uh, at 669 24th Street. That was in West Oakland. And it was apparently caused by a, uh, a gentleman in an upstairs apartment unit. Uh, I guess he fell asleep while he was smoking. And that's according to the Oakland Deputy Fire Chief, Darren White. And I saw the, uh, there's an article today um, out on KQED News, which is our public radio station here in the Bay Area. And I saw it and just have, I've been thinking about Jonah and thinking about what he's been going through. And so I reached out and just said, Hey man, do you want to come on the show and just tell us what happened and talk about what's, what's going down and what your plans are? Are you going to rebuild? What are the details? So got on Facebook, sent him a message and here today it's Tuesday. It's about one uh, 30. So we just had a conversation on Skype. That's what I have for you here. So it's a we're it's a shorter edition here today, but I just wanted uh, to bring attention to Jonah's situation and to uh, talk about the tragedy of the gentleman that uh, died in the fire, and uh, that's it. So sorry for the uh, the doom and gloom, but this is reality, folks. And uh, Jonah's a friend, and we want to we want to support our friends. So here we are. Uh, we'll jump right into the call with Jonah Strauss. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm doing I'm doing all right. Thanks for doing this. I, I don't normally make it a practice to have studio owners on, but I felt that this kind of was urgent and d- needed some attention just because it's a there's a lot of lessons here. There's there's definitely some heartache and I I, I feel for you. I feel really awful that this has happened, obviously. Uh for for the audience, I mean, essentially on what was it, March twenty first? Yeah, it was the morning of March 21st, about 3 a.m. is when the first call went in from my neighbor to uh, the fire department. And after that, everything started happening pretty rapidly. Where were you? I was in Montreal. I was rehearsing with my bassist, Darren. We have uh, a two-piece heavy uh, post-punk kind of band called uh, Safe Word. And so we had a couple of shows this past weekend here, um, both in Oakland and... um, I was up in Montreal because he's got a contract up there, so he's working, and we were rehearsing, and I got the call at, you know, maybe 8 a.m. and uh, immediately changed my flight and came back and was here by 6 p.m. to deal with the wreckage. So you you arrived, and it would seem to me that you would be prevented from going in the building. Well, it's interesting. Um, For the first day, actually for the first couple of days, we were very able to go hmm. in the building. So right now we're not legally allowed to be in the building. The status of it, as far as the um, the city of Oakland is concerned, is it is red tagged. And there's red, yellow, and green tag. So red tag means don't go in or out, period. Yellow tag means um, we'd rather you not be in here, but if you have to conduct business, fine. 
Green tag means we're done and it's just a, a thing. But either way, it's a bureaucratic pinprick. Obviously, we've been in and out of the building. Um, I, I, I doubt that the city of Oakland, because they're actually on my side pretty hard, I doubt that the city of Oakland would really come after me for saying, yes, we've been in, in and out of the building. I'm obviously not doing sessions there. There's no power. There's no power, water, or gas to the building uh, due, due to my landlord's inattention to the matter. But what we've been able to do, me and my community members, is to go in and take everything that is mobile, like literally part of the mobile rig, as well as hard drives containing client sessions and the main studio, uh, Hackintosh, because I run a Hackintosh. Um, We've been able to get all that out. I've stored a lot of it at uh, Santo Mm. Studio, and uh, I'm about to move into the Sharkbite B mix room down in Jack London Square. Um, Oh, fantastic. Yeah, through the kindness of Ryan Massey. Ryan's a super cool dude, and he just said, he called me up and he said, look, let's get lunch and let me figure out how I can help. And so I'm going to be mixing in there for April. I think he's got to start mixing his his band's record coming up at the end of April. But until then, I'm able to go in and keep working. I have all these sessions on my schedule. You know, I had a full plate before, before, um, before the tragedy. Oh, and one thing that I should say, just going back to what you said about uh, how you don't normally interview studio owners. First of all, I greatly appreciate that. But also the main thing that people should know is it's primarily a project studio. I'm, I'm not only the main engineer, but I also live there. It's a live workspace. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my bedroom, of, co- of course, is, is way off to the side. And then we get work done in the main space and the control room and the ISO booth. But it's mainly it's mainly like a, a one man operation, and then every once in a while I have guest engineers who come in and dry hire okay, the room. Okay, and and yeah. we, obviously we have to mention the fire was pr- uh, presumably set by a gentleman uh, who lived above the studio. Is that correct? In a separate separate live so, space? Yeah. So it's a it's a six unit building. There's two twenty four hundred square foot spaces on the ground floor, and there's four twelve hundred ish square foot spaces on the top floor. So Shipwreck Studio and Wildwood Studio, who are in front of me, which we can get to, we're on one side of the building and I'm in the back half, right? And so above my space is another apartment that takes up the same amount of space as mine. And this is a loft building. It's a converted National Guard armory that was built in 1930. Uh, so that that was uh, also a live workspace. Uh, Mo Thomas, whose full name is Daniel Thomas, uh, Mo had been living there for the past four years, um, and he's a, he's a working artist. Actually, his website is wesplittheatom.com, and he's a beautiful, beautiful artist, very, very heartfelt work. Uh, and then in the past couple of weeks, uh, this guy, uh, Davis Latona, who is also a, a, an arts community member, although he's a, he's a videographer, he had moved in because he was looking for a place, and so him and Mo were buddies. And so, yeah, Davis had only been living there a couple of weeks, but so Mo and Davis were in there uh, well after both men had... Uh, gone to sleep. Uh, a fire started in the immediate vicinity of Mo's bed, uh, in the back rear corner of the unit, and he. Uh, it did look as if he uh, made an attempt to leave the bed and didn't quite make it. Uh, so, and he di- he died of of, of massive burns, uh, and then Davis died of of uh, smoke inhalation and uh, general heat because it was so hot in the apartment. Um, but amazingly enough, uh, Davis, and fortunately for the family. Uh, Davis's bedroom actually was not burned, wildly enough, um, but uh, of course sustained severe smoke damage. The entire apartment is completely, completely black inside. Everything's burned. That's devastating. That is awful to hear. It is. Uh, and I'm sure yeah. that the deaths add a, a, a particular level of anxiety and, and 
dread to the whole situation? The community is devastated. You know, I, personally, I am the first to admit I wasn't super close to Mo, although he was my upstairs neighbor for the past four years. So I certainly know his habits and uh, have communicated with him a lot. But um, but yeah, people are people are pretty messed up about this. We had um, we had multiple memorial ceremonies. Uh, Classic Cars West um, on Twenty Fifth Street. They hosted uh, a memorial for Mo. Uh, that was beautiful. Um, there was a memorial for Davis at Chapel of the Chimes in Piedmont, uh, up on Piedmont Street, um, uh, the day prior. This was all last weekend, and the community has really come together. What's What's your next plan here? You basically you cannot go back to this building. Obviously, it's burned and messed up. Well, or can you? It, it is burned. It well. Here's the interesting thing, and and here's a story that is probably more appropriate for not an audio podcast, but rather um, the writers who are working on the story um, in local media uh, who are uh, working on the tenant's rights angle. The deal is that that apartment is done. It's toast, of course. My studio sustained major water damage, not just from firemen's hoses, but just as much so, if not more so, from a, a water boiler pipe that became de-sweated in the heat. And so the, what I understand is the supply pipe to the upstairs boiler in Moe's unit uh, broke, for lack of a better term. And it was basically, it was a literal rainforest in a recording studio. So the live room got hit, the control room got hit, the ISO booth okay. got hit, right? Heavy, heavy downpour. So that's, and of course, smoke damage uh, in my place. So, so that's what happened in my place. But here's the interesting part of it. There are multiple units in the building that are not only completely livable, but could have their utilities turned on like right now. You could because we have separate we have separate uh, gas and electric services for each unit, and so actually a significant portion of the building, a majority of the building, so it could simply be turned on and people could go about their lives, and that hasn't happened because, well, frankly, my landlord's been sitting on his ass and only speaking with his independent insurance adjuster. But then on Twenty Third Street, on Twenty Third Street, what some people don't know is that the the fire came from Moe's unit and leapt across the roof and hit the 23rd Street warehouse. We're on 24th Street. And so on the 23rd Street warehouse, there were four units burned. A couple of them are burned beyond recognition. A couple of them just got hit. You know, their roof is as much in shambles as ours is. But the major, major difference, and again, it, it's more, more like a local news story, but the major difference is on the 23rd Street side, they have a live-in landlord who cares a lot about the community. He cares a lot about his tenancy. He cares a lot about the businesses in the building. There were 180 smoke alarms in the building. It's twice the size of ours. It houses AK Press. It ha- houses 1984 Printing. It houses over 20 residents. You know, it's it's just as much, if not more, of a community because because they're so connected to the anarchist and punk scene uh, in Oakland and worldwide. In fact. It's really been uh, heartwarming to see how much that community has pulled together and how much that landlord has stood up and gone to the city and done the necessary necessary steps to get that building up and running again. They have had water, power, and gas this entire time. We have had none, so we're still kind of sitting in the dark over there, which is not so good when you're trying to protect your building. So uh, I understand it hasn't been corroborated, but that I'm to understand from from your side that – there were no sprinklers 
Oh, no, there's no, 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 there's no sprinklers in the building. Um, there might be on the other side. I actually have no idea uh, on 23rd Street, but there's no sprinklers in the 24th Street building in the, um, in the common spaces or in the, or in the live workspaces. Now, as we all know, um, and actually I told a reporter this the other day and it took a long time for him to wrap his head around it. it in recording studios, you do not want sprinklers. Um, if you can possibly avoid it, you want to avoid it. But that has nothing to do with me. I moved into a place without sprinklers and far be it for me to ask to have sprinklers installed. What, what do you plan to do now? Well, I'll tell you something. I've had a whole lot of community support and I feel very fortunate. So almost immediately following this in the aftermath, I had a number of people reaching out to me and just having been in Oakland for the past 11 years and having run a project studio that has turned into a fairly professional place to work since 2008, of course, I, I know everybody. And so people have really stepped up to the plate. I was immediately able to re- relocate some some tracking and mix sessions over to Santo Studio. New Improved Recording gave me, uh, gave me access to their calendar, and I'm still waiting to go over there and have a moment to learn the Neve and learn their patch bay, because you know that's the most important thing about being a guest engineer mm-hmm. somewhere. 25th Street Recording said uh, they'd give me a couple of days, which is very sweet of them. You know, I'm, I'm forgetting people. Oh, and of course, our, of course, Ryan Massey at Sharkbite, who I already mentioned, is being kind enough to, to loan me his mix room for, for the duration of the month when I need it. And so my next step is to keep working. And that's what keeps me sane through all this, honestly, Matt, is uh, I get to keep working. And that's, that is the most meaningful thing I can do in a time of tragedy and loss and heartbreak for me and for this community is is take care of my clients and take care of myself because the thing that makes me happiest is to be in the studio whether it's recording or mixing and mastering I just need to keep working and I'm going to keep doing that. That's that sounds good and and what I I'm curious to know is and it may be premature to to answer this but in retrospect is there anything that if you were to do everything over again that you that you could have a do over other than the fire of course what what are lessons that you can pass along to other studio owners that may be in a similar situation what what can they watch out for what should they be aware of what should they what should they do wow well it's a big topic but the first thing that everybody mentions is insurance that's literally uh, in addition to so sorry for your loss jesus is everything okay you know one of the first questions that people say is well did you have insurance okay so the thing that people need to understand is that renter's insurance does not cover items related to a business. So if you are formerly a business and your business, a recording business, and your business is anything other than super, super low pro- profile recording your friends and you have zero documented income, if it's anything other than that, then renter's insurance isn't going to cover your gear because the first thing that that insurance company would do in event of a claim would be like, uh, look at the guy's website and the guy's Tumblr and look at uh, look at the band studio band camp. Come on. You know, these are items related to a business. So the first thing that I would say is get business insurance, get, you know, the, the contents of your business insured because renter's insurance won't do it. So that's an important clarification. The other th- and and you you bring up renter's insurance because you were living there. So Yeah, I was living there, but it wouldn't have it wouldn't have applied to any of my gear. It would have applied to my pillows. Right. right. You know what I mean, like so yeah, I mean maybe I could have like called the baby grand piano, which is now of course trash. Um maybe I could have called that, you know, a residential item. But you know, the other thing I would do is watch out for your landlord, you know, it is worth your time to wait to set up and build out a studio. You know, I mean, I did I did this 11 years ago, and I did it under a shady landlord, frankly, and the, and the building was 
was sold several times over actually through one very, very good landlord until it got to my current situation. But what I would say is make sure that if you're going to do a space as a rental and you're not purchasing a building, make sure that you work hand in hand with your landlord. Get it up to code. It is so important. Get it up to code. Make sure there's smoke alarms in all the required places. Make sure that you don't that your <laughs> your tape machine isn't under a water pipe, which mine was. Thankfully, it did not burst or anything. Um, at least that one didn't. You know, like take proper precautions to make sure that your build out is actually the way a build out should be. And there's a lot of code flexibilities. Typically, people in studios go, "Well, whatever. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna call this control room wall up to code." But actually, they will. There's a lot of special leniences for that. And so, the best thing I would say is work with an actual builder, learn the actual code, work with a friendly landlord, try and get as cheap rent as you can, and obviously uh, build out from there. But um, just do it right. It's really important to do it right. Wow. Okay. Those are those are good lessons because I know that you know we as as you know people in this this kind of a business we typically like to throw it together and get it up and running and get the art documented and sometimes we got to stop take time and take care of the business and then the business will take care of us. Well said. Okay, so this is going to be a financial uh, disaster. Uh, so you have a GoFundMe site. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't set it up. Some close friends of mine set it up. And frankly, I have to say that that I'm personally conflicted about taking money from the community. Like I'm trying to discourage my family from donating it, for example. But ultimately, as I realized that there's there's no immediate forthcoming funding from insurance company, landlord, anything, I, I realized that I should just shut up and accept people's help. Um, so yeah, the, the, the site to donate at is, uh, it's gofundme.com slash shipwreck Oakland spelled exactly how you would think it would be spelled. You know, a few people know about it and every time somebody donates, I'm just like on the verge of tears. It's like the kindness is overwhelming. Like I couldn't even read the write up that my friend wrote without crying. It was, it's like, yeah, (laughs) It, it will require a lot of money, you know? I mean, I'll be frank, I have a little bit of savings, but what I was saving it for was either the build-out on a new space or ultimately, I, I mean, I really need to own my own damn building. Like, I, ha- I have to own my own building in the long run. And so, hey, if anybody hears of a of a 1,800 to 2,200 square foot independent warehouse building that um, can be zoned live work with a little bit of effort put in with the city, I'd like to find that. But, you know, like... Basically, what I've been saving for over the past, hell, man, 10 years is, you know, the ability to put a down payment on a mortgage. Um, And so in an ideal world, what I would be doing is using the whatever money comes in for gear repair, obviously, because everything got hit so hard. Gear repair, tech time, because there are a lot of things that I can't do. I rely on wonderful, wonderful technicians just for the things that I can't do. And I'm I'm a experienced DIY engineer. Like I solder, man. I solder all day. But there's certain things that I can't do, and it does make sense to pay guys. And I mean, as you as you know from from owning a professional studio, I mean, guys who know what they're doing are seventy to ninety dollars an hour without exception, and they're mm-hmm. worth it too. Um, so there's tech time. You know, it, as soon as I can find a place to put the gear that I can actually get some work done on it. I can't put it in just any storage space. I have to be able to test and run things. As soon as I find a place, you know, I'm going to set all the gear up and then begins the process of making it work, which is a very, very long process. 
I think to be honest, especially from speaking with technicians and from some conventional wisdom I've gathered, I think actually that a lot of the gear is going to function, but it's going to take a lot of work to get mm -hmm. there. So this is because there's a lot of downtime involved. I mean, we're talking at least two, three months before it could get up and running, regardless of whether it's in my space uh, once it's been rehabbed or in another space if, if I end up not being able to move back in, which of course would be my preference. It's going to be a significant amount of tech time during which really realistically, I can't be taking any sessions. I can't be doing freelance sessions. So uh, I'm although, although I'm fulfilling my obligations and taking care of the clients that I have and, and wrapping things up, as soon as that's done by end of April, early May, you know, as soon as these albums are done, I, I am going to have to focus on fixing gear, and that involves not taking any work. So I will be out of income for at least two months just working on equipment, and I'll be I'll be spending money on on technicians, and that's that's where that's going. In that re that repair bill is going to be big. It's yeah, it's bad. It's bad. And uh, so. is uh, are you working with anyone in particular, or a group of people, or I like to pick as far as far as technicians go. Yeah, yeah. Who are you, who are you working with? I like to pick techs very specifically for what they're great at. So Michael Gore is excellent at Ampex MM1200 repair, but if he doesn't have an MM1200 in the shop, like the best thing to do is to send the cards out for repair. So for example, I just found Alex Garcia Rivera who runs a Mystic Valley recording in Medford, Massachusetts. Alex is very cool. He's going to be taking care of my MM1200 repro cards, which to be frank, before the before the flood, they were kind of messed up. Uh, it was hard for me to mix directly off of the machine without transferring first and then dealing with it in the box. So, so like Alex runs a service where he actually takes Ampex MM1200 cards and refurbishes the crap out of them. He blanket replaces components, tests them, calibrates them, and sends them back. Um, in some cases, I think probably better than how they came out of the Ampex shop because we have more precision resistors and parts hmm. nowadays. Um, the you know I, I I don't frankly I don't care how much money comes in I don't have the money to do something like taking the ATR 102 and sending it to ATR services it's just not going to happen so you know I'm going to take it out I'm going to clean the cards I'm going to put them back in I'm going to see how it works I'll probably have Michael come over when he comes in to take a good look at the MM 1200 and and dot my eyes and cross my T's for me I'll probably have him um, service the ATR 102. I think like the azimuth and zenith is off, but that's like the least of my worries. As far as the console goes, it's a Trident 24 with integrated patch bay. It's of course the centerpiece of my studio. We've recapped it. We've rechipped it. It is as good of a 1992 um, non-discrete Trident as you can possibly have. And it got hit really hard. There was water. First thing we do, did was take it apart, run some fans on it. We put it back together. The whole thing's going to need to get taken apart and... Um, you know, we're going to need to clean edge connectors and, you know, test things and power it up piece by piece. I have to buy new power supplies because the power supply was sitting underneath the, um, sitting underneath five inches of water. I had five inches of water throughout my space, 2,400 square, square feet of it. I mean, the bottom line is I can do a lot of the work myself, but it's going to require technicians and it's going to require buddies to just come over and help in bulk, in bulk operations, you know? What's uh, the state of affairs with your microphones? I was able to salvage a lot of the microphones. The microphone cabinet is pretty beefy, and so a lot of water actually rolled off of it, which is kind of amazing. And so I'm crossing my fingers about the mics. I'll be frank. I, I've never been a guy to invest 
in uh, a $2,500 U87, and I've certainly not been the kind of guy to invest in a, a, a $14,000 U47. Like that's that that hasn't happened. That that won't happen. That's not the kind of studio I run. I'm here for the community, and the reason that I'm able to keep um, studio costs at $40 an hour or for $400, $400 a day, which will not change, by the way. Um, the reason I'm able to keep it that way and and be running a service like that for the community is because I don't spend money on the stuff that you don't have to have to spend money on. I'm not trying to make my name on the microphones that I have in the studio. I'm not trying to make my name on the Neve console. You know, I'm not, you know, da, 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 da. I'm totally happy with the gear that I have. And actually I get great results. I just know how to use the gear. You know, I'll just switch out a mic if it's not working. Like, yes, if I had a U47, it would be a catch all, but Hey, you know, sometimes the best mic to use is an EV635A. And in fact, I've done that routinely. You know, so you just, you choose the right mic for the right source. I don't have any microphone literally in the entire studio that I've paid more than $545 for. And I've got a lot and things sound great and I'm really happy with it. I'm actually really happy. Quintessential working class. You're it's perfect. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm trying to do here, Matt. Any other thoughts you want to share that you think are important? My greatest concern at this point is the welfare of my 12 co-tenants and it is for the welfare eventually of my space, but like it's mainly the people involved. So the more attention that we can get and the sooner the better, and I really appreciate you doing that. The one thing you asked me, the one thing you asked me was, um, was, hey, what else would you say? And I think that the most important thing that we all need to remember, whether you are a fly-by-night weekend warrior, whether you're a musician, whether you are a recording engineer who guest stars at other people's studios, whether you are a studio owner, whether you are a studio technician. The most important thing to remember is that this is a community and we need to support each other. And if you give to the community, it will give back to you. You got to support all, you got to support all your musician friends. You got to support all your studio friends. Let's keep working. Let's keep recording great music, regardless of how or where you record it. Just get it recorded. Here, here. Well, Thank Jonah, I'm, I'm very sorry that we're talking under these circumstances. and uh, I'm happy we got a chance to do it. I'm, I'm glad you're safe, and I, I feel awful for the gentleman that died in the fire. And uh, I yeah. hope you know everybody can get back to some sense of normalcy here quickly. There you go. So can you t- tell us the, uh, the uh, GoFundMe site one more time? Oh, yeah. Um, the GoFundMe for Shipwreck Studio is GoFundMe.com slash shipwreck oakland all right uh we'll call it at that and uh keep me up to date on what's happening obviously i will pay attention on facebook as i see your posts let me know if there's anything i can do yeah you know actually let me tell you guys the people should should know the facebook thank you very much for that matt and i really appreciate you talking to me today the one thing people should know is it's facebook.com slash shipwreck oak o-a-k so facebook.com slash shipwreck oak. And I'm keeping uh, semi-regular updates on there. Um, and if you're Facebook friends with me, then you get more, you, you get more in-depth <laughs> updates. You get, you get a few rants along the way, which are, which are uh, you yeah, know, definitely warranted. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. we'll put, make sure and put a link to both the GoFundMe site and the Facebook page at workingclassaudio.com. And uh, hey, man, take care and uh, stay strong. Thanks for your support, man. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. So there it is. Uh, Jonah Strauss sharing with us uh, these recent experiences with this fire. And uh, man, 
real rough situation there. So um, just to reiterate, uh, the GoFundMe site is www.gofundme.com slash shipwreck Oakland. And uh, the Facebook address, uh, in case you need that, is, of course, facebook.com slash shipwreck studio slash shipwreck studio. So I know, as I've said in my Facebook posts on the, on the, the on our Facebook page, uh, I know funds are tight for some. If you are in a position where you can contribute, fantastic. Uh, go to the GoFundMe site and, and kick in some some dollars or some euros there and uh, give Jonah a hand. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. So there you go. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we, we will definitely have our regularly scheduled uh, Monday release, uh, which I'm excited to tell you is going to be Ross Hogarth on Monday uh, for WCA number 17. So there it is. Working Class Audio Special Edition, Special Report. Take care. Hey, I know many of you are aware of this, but for those of you that aren't aware, Working Class Audio sponsors the forum over at gearspace.com called Audio Life. And quite simply put, it's a place where audio professionals can go to talk with other audio professionals about things other than audio gear, including life hacks, work-life balance, health and hearing loss. You know, if you want to talk with other audio professionals who can identify with what your lifestyle is like and how it relates to things going on in the world outside of audio, this is a great place to go and check out. So head on over to gearspace.com, check out Audio Life, many of the same topics that we discuss here on the show on gearspace.com. So check that out. (laughs) 